Welcome to Coco Land Live. Today's topic is, do we spoil our children? So, I've just noticed, okay, it's a couple of things I haven't just noticed. There's a couple of things that I've noticed, um, not just my children, but children that I've had the opportunity to work with, be it through teaching Sunday school, children in my family, etc., their friends is that I think all of our children are quite privileged now me myself me and my siblings we grew up we had um, substance abusing parents so we grew up rough you know and you can imagine what what that was like most people can imagine what it was like and fortunate we were also overachievers because typically you either repeat the cycle of destruction or you repel it throughout your life desperately. So we took more of the side of repelling it in all ways that we could. So, you know, um, I will only take a Tylenol, like one Tylenol, not two that they prescribe. Literally, I take one tablet, one Tylenol when I have like a migraine headache. I see how that feels. If it gets, you know, if it doesn't help, then I may graduate to the second Tylenol. Because both of my parents were substance abusers. My mother, um, her her substance abusing addiction started with over-the-counter medications. She was a domestic violence survivor. And my father, may he rest in peace, would beat her royally. I know that's hard to hear. It's uh, It was harder to witness, okay? So because of that, you could imagine the, the side of domestic violence that you don't necessarily think about is the pain. So imagine going into a fight with Mike Tyson. You know, I mean, and that was comparable in size. My mother barely ever weighed 100 pounds and she was probably five six five five throughout her life you know of course and she would you know not even fight back my father who was you know stocky in his heyday stocky guy and he held no prisoners when he hit her most domestic violence abusers do not so he fought her or hit her as if she was a man his size. He took out all of his frustrations on her. Whatever the situation was that sparked it, he took it all out on her. And she would be bleeding at the end of it. I have witnessed these things from the time I was as old as I can remember, which I want to say is probably about six. I remember things, horrible things. I remember seeing my father snort cocaine in front of me. I want to say that I came out of the room that I was in and him and my uncle Bill, may he also rest in peace, rest in peace. They were snorting cocaine on the coffee table and they scrambled to get it up because I had walked out and and saw. I was very young. So these memories come back like flashbacks. So now, 
through a lot of therapy because I did. I had counseling in high school because the way that I expressed my hurt was anger and I fought. I fought all the time. I mean, I was the epitome of tomboy. I fought boys. I fought girls. Anybody that said anything. And this lasted up until I was an adult. I mean, I was in my 20s when I finally realized that, you know, I needed to calm myself down. And um, that was violence wasn't the, the way to handle your emotions. So now that I'm a mother of three, I look around and I see my children have a lot of things. They don't have everything, but they have a lot of things. I also struggle with, not struggle, I guess is not the right word. The right word would be, I make sure that I also infuse balance in my children for their blessings. I do my best and I think I do an awesome job at instilling balance. Things such as you have to share, you should share, you know, you should have a heart to share in the world and not just hoard everything for yourself. It's fine for everybody every now and then wants something special that's just exclusively for them. But with that, there should be rules of etiquette. I express those things such as I, if I'm cooking dinner and you come over my house, I'm not gonna eat and not offer you some. Now, if I don't have enough to offer you, then I'm not going to eat until after our visit, right? But then the way that just generationally my family has always been is that there's always enough. It's like Jesus with the, the fish and the bread. I think it was two loaves of bread and two fish or something, it was something like that. Y'all can correct me in the comments if that's not accurate. But I know that it was it was few in what was available to feed people. And because of the givingness and the, the fact that Jesus gave thanks for it, that the people gave thanks for it, it was blessed and it multiplied. You always have enough when you have a giving heart. Okay? So I teach them those things. I teach them compassion humility, to have compassion for other people's feelings and emotions. You also have to, in your endeavors to parent the new generation of children, is definitely monitor everything that they're listening to, what they're watching, and underlying messages that are in things that are supposed to be quote-unquote children-friendly. I, you know... I'm just going to leave this general. But there was a movie and it was about a little girl that had went through this life-threatening illness. She had been in and out of hospitals for a long time. The little girl was just sick all the time and, you know, ultimately uh, just decided the little girl at one point, at a low point, that she was tired of it all and she just wanted to go and meet God. Okay, meaning she wanted to die right well a child 
watched that she loved this movie and the message behind the movie because at the end of it there was a beautiful silver lining the little girl had another tragedy happen but through the tragedy of her falling out of a tree she was healed from her stomach ailment her stomach disease she was healed from the the lifelong pain that she would have had to endure because the doctors did not know how to cure her so the little girl who's watching this movie she thought it was really inspirational she loved this movie and stressed it but the other side of it is she came and showed it to me and watched the little girl's live interview in the live interview the little girl expressed she further expressed that you know she just really felt like she didn't want to live anymore and she had told her mother that she just wanted to meet God and you know I made a comment about it because I'm watching this with a young child and I don't want her to adapt those you know uh, thoughts and that mentality because children their minds are sponges and a lot of times any seed that's planted in them that's new Um, or any new thoughts or ideas, they have a tendency to gravitate to them just because it's something new that's being introduced, right? So I countered what the little girl said, you know, and tried to, you know, kind of counter it and just rebalance the little girl, okay? And fast forward a month later, maybe four weeks later, the little girl herself, this loving this movie is expressing to not only me, but her mother and everybody that's in the room that she just doesn't want to, you know, go on anymore herself. She had adapted what this child was saying in this video, in this movie, to be her own feelings and emotions. Well, I just feel like I, you know, want to go and meet God. She said word for word what this little girl said. Now, I'm a person where when I see kids duplicating things I think that it's good and healthy to call them out on it and I did I said no are those your thoughts or are those the thoughts of the little girl in the movie that you saw because you have to be mindful that your situation is not anybody else's and vice versa so what that little girl was going through with her life-threatening illness she lived in the hospital in and out and however her mother you know managed that that's not your reality that's not your life and you have to be careful not to take on other people's issues and problems amen let me preach to not only you but to myself right now in this testimony um but you have to be careful not to take and own ownership of other people's emotional damage and emotional problems and distraught and hurt and heartache in your acts of being a good and sound friend or sister or brother or whatever voice of reason for people don't walk away from the situation carrying the luggage of everybody else's hurt okay the little girl when I caught her out on it in the most nurturing of way but I still caught that out, number one, to expose it to her mother so that her mother wouldn't be going crazy thinking, that, okay, this, this is just coming out of nowhere. No, it's not coming out of anywhere. Sometimes we have to stop and look at the situations that what's behind what your child is saying, what is behind it. Now, I have three children. One is a teenager. and We've had 
some hills and valleys. And this was the reason that I felt like I had enough wisdom to say that because having a teenager, we've gone through some things that I never would have thought. I'm honestly, emotionally and all those kind of things. And I've had the same conversation with my daughter. She had a friend that was suicidal and the little girl was just walking her through her suicidal thoughts, probably on a day-to-day basis, on daily. And my daughter with the big heart wants to save and be there and be a voice of reason. And I'm her voice of reason. So she shares these stories with me. One of the first things that I said to my daughter was, that's fine. But if you're going to take on that position in somebody's life, and this is for somebody that's listening, if you're going to take on this position in somebody's life, you need to make sure that you are prayed up before and exiting that situation. You have to cover yourself going in and coming out. You understand? So that you don't, it's almost like you're walking through uh, mud or you're walking through oil. Hallelujah, Lord. You're walking through oil. It's going to get on your feet. You understand? And then now you're walking with the oil of the last place that you were trying to be productive in somebody's life. Be a voice of reason. Now the oil is on your feet and you're carrying it into your future and your destiny and your home. Now, situations, people, sound, your voice, the power of voice, the power of your words have power. That's what it says. Your words have power. They have power. You say, I am then you will be, you will become, but you can't become without first accepting and acknowledging that you will become. Okay, maybe that was too deep. I can't say, it starts in your spirit. My spirit tells me, okay, I'm hungry. Then my body, it obeys my spirit. My body then will physically activate my thoughts my mouth will affirm my thoughts thank you lord okay so this is what we need to also instill in our children another thing let's make sure that just because we're dragging our children to church some of us because everybody you know believes different things and every some people don't believe anything but for those of us that are faith driven Let's not just drag our children to church every Sunday. You can drag your husband to church every Sunday, your wife. That doesn't mean that they're going to receive what, you know, knowledge and wisdom. Make sure that they understand those things as well. Okay? So, go back. So... So... That's important is that we're making sure that our children are understanding. Pause the sermon. Pause the Bible verses. Pause religion. It does not work that way. What you want your children 
and people connected to you to be able to get is spirituality because when your spirit becomes whole it can speak and minister to you about different situations pause religion I pause when I teach the children church when I teach them um, not church but when we do home church just like most of y'all doing homeschool you need to be doing home church as well I pause and I ask them questions to make sure that they understand and what I found is that they don't so we're just teaching them how to play church and because me and my siblings grew up in a rough situation we had a hard childhood I could speak for me some of us were saved at different intervals but we all collectively had a rough childhood and because of that we have an, a tendency as parents to want to break that cycle of struggle by overcompensating, overgiving, over analyzing situations. It's not necessary. We don't want the cycle before us, before the struggle, to repeat itself. So we have to, at the same time, instill discipline with that Xbox. Discipline with things. I tell my children, if you can't get off the PlayStation to go eat, wash your face, brush your teeth, and do the things for your body that you need to do, then you've made that God. I tell them what false idols are. You think your children know what false idols are? They don't. It's our responsibility to teach them what those things are. And how we put things before God. They don't know what that means. It's our responsibility. And if we don't, we have totally failed. And the cycles before us that we hid from them, that we buried from them, we buried the struggle, we hid the struggle We overcompensated for our own selfish and vain desires and needs for us to feel like we're doing something wonderful. For us to feel like we're great parents. And in that too, for realistic reasons, you want your children to have genuinely every positive opportunity. But for them to have positive opportunities, You have to have negative. There's going to be some negatives. But are we giving them the tools to be able to overcome? To persevere? We have children younger and younger expressing suicidal thoughts. These are children that have far more than we ever had. And some of us, if you were like myself, our families believed in whoopings. They would tell you about yourself. They would tell you they would knock you into next week. They was going to knock your teeth out. Now, some people listening to this are going to say, oh, my God, that's abuse. No, you know, that was the time that we grew up in. They didn't do it. They didn't knock your teeth out until next week. But they taught you discipline, for sure. Respect, for sure. You knew that you weren't going to raise your voice, you know, at your elder. You knew that you weren't going to 
talk to to Big Ma any kind of way. Because she just might do it. You didn't know if she was going to knock your teeth out in real life or not. Respect, honor, compassion, gratefulness. And that the reality is life can be challenging. And guess what? It's not going to kill you. They taught us it was a sin to commit suicide. Once I adapted that, that was no more because I believed, you know, I was faith driven. So I believed that that was a sin. I still do because I didn't create my life. So God doesn't give me the ability to take it. Something that he created. I don't read that anywhere. And some of you may feel different. I don't know why you would want to, but maybe you do. So the moral of the story is, you know, I like to end with what is the point of all of this? What is the point of you listening to this podcast for the past 20 minutes? The point is slow down. Be honest with your kids. Make sure you're giving them the principles of reality view of life. I used to hide the fact that the light sometimes got cut off in my house. When I was the mother, I was the one paying the bills and the light sometimes got cut off. My daughter went and turned on her lights and said, mommy, my lights are broke. And I cried and I tried to hide it from her. But then I realized that this is going to build perseverance in this child. This is going to bring wisdom and strength in this child. She's going to know how to survive. And even though it's a harsh way to learn, maybe, but she knows what to do if the heat is cut off. She knows how to warm up a house. Amen. Some of y'all do too. Certain things don't shake me as much as it would my neighbor. You hear what I'm saying? She knows what to do. She learned. She saw my journey. She saw my struggle. She saw me fail. And now she's seeing me accomplish something. What level of respect do you think that child has for me? As opposed to the ones that think money grows on trees. They have everything. They don't even have to ask and you're giving them stuff. They equate the material things with love. Then they look at themselves and they equate their physical appearances with love. They equate social media presence with love. How many friends are following them with love? And we're not talking about teenagers. We're talking about babies. Five and six. And we say that that's okay because we're busy and we're working. Or because we don't have the emotional capacity ourselves to deal with it. And it's not acceptable. And then you have babies six years old, less than 10, attempting to commit suicide. Or succeeding. There are cases where children have succeeded. They're watching things and it's pouring into their brain. And it's not the things that we think we need to turn off. We think we're just looking for stuff that's cussing. Or that has sexual content. Those are the things we're turning off. But we're not listening to the moral of the story in the stories that these children are selecting. And that's it. That's it. Start there. I cover all of our children, 
all of the children in the world right now in Jesus name. I ask you to touch each and every one of them. Any unclean or negative spirit or thought or seeds that have been planted in these children, whether we, your uh, parents that you've chosen for these children and the support and family that you've chosen for these children, where we don't see Lord God, you see it, pluck it out right now in Jesus name. Shift the thoughts shift the thoughts of our us the parents lord god any emotional drain uh people right now lord god any of us that have emotional or mental issues where we are struggling to be there and be present with these children i ask you to remove it right now in jesus name keep them covered they will prosper for they are innocent children lord god cover them right now in jesus name i pray and we seal this by the blood of Jesus, y'all have a great day, great day, great night, whatever time it is, wherever you are, I'm just keeping it real with you all. Some of these I know are hard to hear, but do a check of your house, do a self-assessment of your house and your children, make time, talk to them. I don't care if they teenagers, my daughter used to pull away because you know teenagers, no, I don't know, all the drama. I would hold her like she was a baby anyway. And she would push away and try to get away and I would not let her. If I felt something on my spirit that said something is not right, I did not get frustrated and walk away from it because I can't handle it because I'm tired. That's your job. You can go be tired later. Right now, if you feel something pressing on your child, no matter how many times they say they fine, if you know they're not, press it until they break they will my daughter has said nothing is wrong for hours i have told her one day sit right there until you can tell me what it is because listen i had you you were in my body i carried you for 12 almost a year that's the way i like to remember almost a year you're not gonna tell me everything's okay and i know it's not let them cry let them be frustrated let them tell you you're doing too much At the end of it, they'll love you for it. If you faint, not. Meaning, don't be weak. Don't be this watered-down parent. I can't take, I can't take, I can't take. Go get you some therapy. Okay? If you need some, you got issues that's unresolved, do that. Get your child some therapy. If you need some reinforcement, you don't know what to do. But be present. You can't get frustrated. You can't give up. If you give up on them, what you think the world is going to do? They're going to swallow your children up. Pay attention. You got time. All right. I love y'all. Keep living. Till next time. I'm out.